Hey everybody, I'm Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. On this week's episode, you guys know that y'all did y'all thing once again in this Kid Like Versus and it was probably the most, it was the closest uh, battle we've ever had. And so today we're exploring Hawaii and we're going to talk about a lovely story about family, about family. The family that is blood and the family that is not. The family that we find. The family we're made into. And we find out just what it's like to to never be left behind or forgotten. So I hope you're ready. Pull up your chair. Get your your snacks ready. Because we're going through to find Faith Gems in Disney's Lilo and Stitch. All right, y'all, you know how we do this. We start at the beginning because that is how we start. So the beginning of this lovely little movie um, is a trial, actually. Um, The professor or the inventor, Jumba, is on trial because he has been accused of illegal genetic experimentation. He emphatically claims he's not guilty. um, And he says, you know, he would never, ever create anything like that that would be misuse of you know all of the tools and resources that he's gotten Um, but they show him the evidence that they found which is experiment 626 and experiment 626 is his first uh, prototype of a new species and he's unstoppable undestructible and the intent is that he would be a destroyer a monster and uh, they, you know, say he, well, he's a monster. And he's, they, he says, well, yeah, just a little one. Um, I like the fact that in the beginning of this movie, we think that Jamba, because he, you know, obviously is trying to keep up appearances, right? Um, we think that he can be a little eccentric and kooky, but he actually takes quite a amount of, or a lot of pride and what he's created, right? He knows that what he created is is something different. Um, and it may have even had evil genius intent to it. But who else was smart enough to create something indestructible or, you know, an unstoppable? That is absolutely um, the work of his genius. And while they call him, you know, a hack, he's like, I would like to be preferred to as an evil genius, right? 
And I want to start off by saying that this experiment was created and it was created to be uh, indestructible, right? We already said, but it wasn't a good intent as to which or why it was made, right? Um, He didn't have any good ideas as to what, you know, he was going to do. He was made to be a wrecker, a destroyer. Um, on the flip side of that, um, he learned to be something different and we'll talk about that a little later, but the original intent is for him to be a destroyer, kind of a little bit like Wreck-It Ralph we learned about last week. For us, the principle that we pull out of here is that the creator knows what the created item is for, what its use is, and it knows that the intended purpose is normally the purpose that the creation sticks with. Um, it's not, you know, normal, right? So if you were created to be a certain thing, nine times out of 10, you go straight into that mindset and that lifestyle and that whatever you were predisposed to be created to be, um, you nine times out of 10 follow in that pattern. Just like when we, because when we come into this world, we come in already technically dead on arrival. We come in with a sickness called sin, right? And sin causes us to be destroyers. It it causes us to walk after the things that will not only destroy us, but destroy those that are connected to us. And the council representative asks for six to six to show some sign that there is goodness in him. But in their alien language, he curses them. And even though um, Jumba didn't teach him to be vulgar, he created him to be a destroyer. And when you create something to be a destroyer, what comes out of it is the character of something that is made to destroy. So even though he was created um, with evil intentions, what manifested was not just his intention. It manifested with the character that it would need in order to become what it was supposed to become. So for instance, um, when you become, right, when you are created to be something, right, we are created already, like we talked about last week, with all that we need to become all that we shall be. Everything that is invested in us, right, is what we shall be. Now, in the beginning, right, because of Adam's mistake, we were predisposed to sin. We have the title destroyer technically because of the sin sickness. Well, thank God for Jesus because he did something to make sure that there was a cure, huh, for our <laughs> sickness and a cure for that cho- those uh, ways that could possibly destroy our lives. So Jesus gave us the option to no longer be that, right? He gave us the option to come out of that. And he put, and, and in us, right, when we accept him, right, in, in, in us becomes, or in us comes the fruit of 
his his life, what he offers. And when he moves in, there is a sign that he moves in, right? When he comes into our heart, the sign that he comes in is a change in character. It may even be a small sign as a small little conviction, but that's a sign that something has changed. Well, when the council representative asks, can 626 be anything different than what it was created to be? Because there has been no transformation, he can't. He can only give what was birthed in him. He can only give what was instilled in him by his creator. And so by your creator, you can only be what is put in you unless there is a transformation. Now, before we get to transformation, we got to talk about the fact that they locked up the inventor, right? They they called him an evil gene. Uh, they called him an evil hack. He he claims to be a genius, and they take six two six away to banish him to a desert asteroid. Now, the thing that I love is that um, the armed guard, right, says to him. The weapons won't shoot anything else but you because they have been made towards your DNA. Woo, that is that is interesting. That that there would be so, you are such a threat that there is a custom-made weapon that is designed to take you out, right? Um, because like, like the Bible tells us, when we are pulled away from temptation, it is not God's, you know. Uh, punishment to us, but men are enticed by their own, not just men, but, you know, men as in mankind is enticed by their own lust and pulled away into temptation, right? So in them already, right, is something is, a, is something that is going to pull them away. It can be a powerful uh, weapon based on the DNA. So normally nine times out of 10, because of your family line, because of where you come from, because of uh, what your parents struggle with, and even because of, you know, the family that you were birthed into, there are certain things that you will find yourself coming up against. Um, because if nobody breaks the curse, right, you're, you're bound to uh, face it again, right? If nobody decides to be the person that is the generational changer and the one that transforms the line, then you are bound to encounter those things again, those weapons that were custom made by, you know, other forces custom made to attack your family line, right? To attack your DNA, to attack those that have your DNA. So what he learned was I can get free by spreading my DNA around. <laughs> what he decided to do, and it was very gross and disgusting that his saliva was hitting all of these different places. But as the DNA traveled, then the, the gunshots that were intended to hit you know, him and him alone were hitting every place that his DNA hit. I heard a preacher say something that is, uh, you know, a very... Very good point. He said it's hard to hit a moving target. It's hard. It's hard for you to uh, attack. It's hard for you to annihilate something that is constantly moving. And so nine times out of ten, if we want to avoid missing the mistakes of our predecessors or our forefathers and even succumbing to the attacks from our family line, we've got to constantly 
be not standing, not standing still, being idle, but we've got to be constantly moving in the purpose of God or moving towards um, our relationship with God because it's hard for you to catch somebody if they're in constantly engrossed and engulfed in God. It's hard for you um, to catch on to or even to attack something that is is immersed in in the DNA of something else, right? And so while they want to attack us with um, the, the bloodline curse, if I exchange my blood for Jesus's blood, it's hard to identify me because you only identify him right? His d- DNA is the one that's spread around on me. And, and you know, your, your weapons don't work. Your guns don't work because what was meant for my DNA has now been replaced with his. It has now been, his DNA has been spread around and it is now, re- it has given me the option to be completely and totally free. Now, 626 gets free takes off in a police cruiser, and once they think they have him surrounded, he hits the hyperdrive button, and when he hits the button, it says, guidance is not functional. Um, if if you, this is going to sound so crazy and so deep, but there is a, a place that you can go to, right, and where you'll feel like I'm surrounded by every um, way, everywhere I turn, everywhere I look. Um, the Bible tells us um, in Psalms, it's one of my favorite scriptures that was written down. Oh, how they've increased that troubled me. And many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul that there's no help for him in God. But thou, oh Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. See, when you get into hyperdrive, when you get into the place that is the sh- under the shadow of the Almighty for us, when we get into that place that the shield of the Lord is lifted up around us, it does not matter what is surrounding us because it has to encounter him before it encounters us. And so what we learn is that when we get into the space in the hyperdrive mode, that the guidance is no longer necessary. We no longer need the guidance and the approval of the voices that may may be around us. We no longer need even the navigation that may have come from different places that we have trusted in seasons past, but we can trust and depend that what is going to come out of us is going to be a mighty shield and it's going to back off everything that tries to set us up. Now they are trying to calculate his location, how he's going to fall, where he's going to fall to. And they call it earth, right? Because they, that's how aliens pronounce earth, but he's landing on earth and they see that it's surrounded by water and they figure, well, he's not going to make it if it's just water because all they see is water. And so they say he's not going to survive the water, but what ends up happening is he lands on actual ground and he has a fighting chance. Remember, there are people that are willing to watch you uh, technically fall to your demise. They're waiting um, for you no longer to be a threat. They're waiting for you to no longer be to be um, active. Right. And so they're saying you're never there's there's one temptation or there's one space that you will never survive. And if you land in that space, you're a goner. But thank God that we can find find ourselves headed for destruction and something will divert the plan to let us land in a safe place, in a sure place. And it's the place 
of our purpose and destiny. It is a place where we find transformation. It is a beautiful place that is meant to change us and to teach us uh, about what really uh, we need to be aspiring to go into. So, um, Agent Pleakley, even though they want to just destroy Earth, Agent Pleakley is an ambassador for Earth, and he will not allow the, excuse me, allow them to do it. So what he, uh, what they say is, well, how do you expect us to? capture him if we can't destroy if we can't gas out the planet if we can't destroy it what what do you in, insist we do and agent pleakley says does he have a cousin like is there somebody that's a relative is there somebody that can get through to him and the only thing and the only person that can get through to him is the person that made him good lord the creator is the only person that's going to be able to capture Right. The thing that he made, because he is the only one that knows extensive knowledge on how to get it and get it back to where they are and and, and back in their captivity. Um, Now, Jumba is just finished reading the paper where he has been called an idiot scientist, right? An idiot uh, a scientist who gets himself locked up and, and he's reading the story and ripping up the pages and he's quite upset and not knowing that in the next moment what was going to what was current news was going to be bad news what was current news is going to be old news because he was not only an, a, a genius scientist but he was now being offered his freedom in exchange for his help to capture stitch or to capture experiment 626 at this point so what i want us to realize is that you can be in one minute um, reading news, reading reports, reading bad uh, uh, things that have been said and even bad announcements that have been made about you, um, your character, and even about the character of the creator, right? And in 2.5 seconds, there can be such a shift and a turnaround that uh, you will be needed. Uh-huh. There will be a need to help you or for you to um, be of some assistance, right? There, there were people that locked you up and threw away the key, but in 2.5 seconds, they realized that what's on the inside of you is going to need to come out and they're going to need access to that thing that they thought was genius or crazy or, I mean, not genius, but they thought was crazy and deranged and, and lunacy. They're going to need the access. So what they'll exchange for it is the the thing that you just read, they'll make it old news and they will give you your freedom, right? And so what we find is that uh, he signs up, Pleakley and Jumba are signed up to go find 626. And he asks, what kind of land did he land in? And we see the next song is a Hawaiian song, while it, which is talking about really the beauty of the land. If you look at the English um Captions, it basically is telling you about how beautiful the land is um, and that it's, you know, just made to show you all the beauty. It's, you know, nothing's left behind. It's just all great words about this land in Hawaii. As we are watching this, though, we realize that Lilo is in the water, enjoying the water. And, and we see a group of dancers that are dancing. So it's going back and forth between this dance studio and the water where Lilo is. Lilo's having a great time in this water. 
um, with the waves and all of the things. And then all of a sudden, I guess she realized where she was supposed to be, grabs her bags, runs, and realizes she is supposed to be where we are, you know, watching. She's supposed to be at the dance studio. Um, and what, what picked up to me, one of the good things that picked up to me is even though she was late, when she saw something that she wanted to capture, she stopped, took a moment, took her camera out and took a picture. Um, because oftentimes we can feel like when we, you know, have somewhere to be, have somewhere to go, have something, have ambitions, trying to get to a place, trying to become something that we don't have time to stop and enjoy the things that we want to enjoy. And so Lilo in this moment, even though she's taking a picture of a man with a shirtless, <laughs> with a shirtless man with, you know, ice cream in his hand that is dropped to the floor, it may seem crazy, but it's something that she wanted to admire in the moment. And she didn't think that she didn't have time to stop and embrace and, and take in the moment that she wanted to take in and even make a memory so she could remember the moment. We have to also take the same knowledge and say, you know what? I can't just consistently be moving forward, trying to go and run and go to the next thing and go to the next thing and forget to acknowledge the moment that I'm in. If I'm always thinking about there, I will never appreciate here. And there are some things here that I would like to enjoy. So we have to even, even in our rush and our haste to get to what's next, we cannot deny what is now. So she tries to come in to the dance studio, right? And she tries to blend in because they've already noticed, well, the teachers already noticed that she's not in her position, but she slides in soaking wet. She slides in and she tries to go with the moves and emotions. And by the time they get to the end of the dance, they say the last little chant and all of the girls fall in the water, right? They fall in the drippings of the water in which Lilo brought in. And it's ironic that she's trying to blend in, but the water is telling her uh, or telling them that she had just been somewhere, uh, that she was not uh, late because she was running from home, but she had been in the water. She was soaking wet because she had been in the water. She she is soaking wet because of how much time she had spent dousing herself in the water. Nine times out of 10, when you go into another place, when you go into the place of purpose, people will be able to tell from whence you've come because of what is dripping off of you. So if you come from, when you when you go into the place of purpose, if you come from foolishness, there will be tripping in foolishness. But if you come in and out of, or if you come out of the fullness of the weight of God's glory, then they also, there are some people that can't handle that and they'll trip in that too, right? Because whatever you come from is what you carry into the next thing. So, I'm trying to move fast because there's a lot of little points in here and I want to get through all of them. So Lee, Lee, they ask Lilo why she's wet and she tells this story about Pudge the fish who she is feeding a peanut butter jelly sandwich to or a peanut butter sandwich to because that's something that she does all the time every Thursday and she has to do it and that you know she told her sister that she needed something to give them and they had no peanut butter so she had to give them uh, tuna or she she was told to give them tuna he's like I can't give him tuna because he's a fish and and do you know what tuna that'd be an abomination and she's saying all of this and in the beginning scene where we seen where we saw um Lilo we realized that she was not doing any of the things that she said 
<laughs> she was making up this elaborate story as to why she was late. She was making up these things. And, and when he said, we knew it was a huge story, right? Um, but she said, um, he said to her, why are you concerned about these things? And she said, uh, Pudge controls the weather. It was like, okay, you're a little kid. You're making up this story and it makes no sense. Um, and one of the girls, while she's telling this crazy story, right? All of them are looking at her crazy. And one of the girls that when she finishes says, you're crazy. And once she hears that she is crazy, she loses control and attacks the girl. She loses all of her her uh, ability to remain calm and loses it. She completely bites the girl, fights the girl. It's a whole thing. Um, there are many of us that when we are angered and when we feel challenged, when we feel uh, pushed or even when we feel hurt, we don't know how to adequately express how we feel. And nine times out of 10, what ends up happening is we lose control and then lash out on the person that hurt us instead of regaining our composure and letting them be dealt with by the people that they were supposed to be dealt with. See, if she had never put her hands on her and she had never bit the girl, then possibly the teacher would have said, that's not nice. You're not supposed to call her crazy, but she didn't even give him a chance. She lost it so bad that losing it was now the focus. Now the focus was, I have to call your, your sister because you lost it completely and bit somebody. And that's not something that's acceptable. We could top nine times out of 10, save ourselves from getting in a whole bunch of trouble or even getting into issues. If we would just resolve to keep our composure, to not let those things that have been sent to upset us, knock us out of the place that we should already be. Now, Lilo, um, is supposed to wait for her sister, but she is still trying to connect with these other girls and she wants friends. She wants to be loved. She feels unloved and she even tries to, you know, show them the doll she made. Looks like a voodoo doll, but that's neither here nor there. Um, she's trying to engage with these girls and they completely disappear on her. And she is so distraught that she takes the doll, takes herself home. Instead of staying and waiting for the sister, she takes herself home and locks herself in the house, wanting to be in solitude, wanting to be by herself. Now, as she's, uh, as her sister is coming home, well, she she first ran to get to pick her up. And when she realizes she wasn't there at the studio, she runs to the house to try to find out where her sister is. Now, when she finds out where her sister is, she finds out her sister's inside playing Elvis blues songs, upset. And and really want, she really wants her to unlock the door because who they have an appointment. And the appointment is with the social service person. But unfortunately, the sister is so concerned about the perception of what is about, you know, what what this looks like. It looks like depression. It looks like that she's not happy. It looks like she's not, gonna, you know, created a good home. It looks like all of these things. And she's so concerned about the perception. She's not really concerned about what's happening with her sister. Her sister's going through a, a, unlonely, a lonely phase, going through depression, going through whatever you want to call it, um, a space of of unsurety in her relationship. She's going through feeling unwanted and unloved. And instead of her sister addressing that, she had to, uh, or she was trying to make sure that she created this perfect picture so that um, the 
social worker will know that this is an adequate space, that she was capable enough of taking care of her sister. And unfortunately, when we cry, when we try to create uh, something that is perfect, we end up messing up because we're human, right? Because we don't have the ability to completely do um all the things without error. Um, we tend to, when we're trying to strive for everything has to be perfect and everything has to be right. Um, the error will show up just to prove that we're human, right? The, the, the situation will happen to knock, knock things right off kilter just a little, and it'll knock it off because they want you to be aware that no matter how much your intentions are good, you have to deal with things as they are and not as the picture that you're trying to make them into be. You have to be very clear that at this present moment, everything is not fine. And I know that there's a a social worker coming and you need, you need them to get fine, but the quickest way to get, to make them fine would have been to uh, get in, go around the back door like she did and love on her sister so that her sister could be in a good place when the social worker came. But because she decided to fuss and complain and, and argue, she only ended up agitating the situation more. Now Lilo perceives of course that the social worker even though he told her her name is Bubbles, um, on his his fingers he's it says Cobra, so he has obviously a past. And um, what the social worker sees is that she, you know there's she's been left alone. They see the stove on. They see that she's practicing voodoo basically with these little tall things. And Nani, Noni is upset, or Nani is upset about the perception again. But what about her sister's reality? What about the fact that all of this stuff didn't just happen overnight? She didn't get these voodoo stuff and those vo- that voodoo book out of nowhere. There was there was a, a plant somewhere. It had to have come from somewhere. And so instead of investigating what was going on, it was like, let's just put a band-aid on this until he leaves. But unfortunately, he was made to see through the trap. He was made to see through the lie. And it looks like, okay, well, you've already, things are bad. And now you've got to strike one. And strike one is going to lead you if you don't, you know, straighten up. It's going to lead me to have to take her. It's going to lead to something worse. You being without your sister. So now uh, we find out that they are both frustrated because of their argument, right? They're back and forth arguing like sisters do, right? And they both are frustrated and they both deal with the frustration the same way by putting a pillow over their face and screaming. And when she finally takes a moment, when Nani, her sister, older sister, finally takes a moment to go in and, and talk with Lilo, she realizes that one pizza is not going to help it, right? And Lilo comes to a realization and she says, we're a broken family, aren't we? And by broken family, she means there's some things that have happened to us. There's some trauma we've experienced that we have yet to deal with in the midst of trying to make everything all right, in the midst of trying to to go through our processes of how, you know, dealing with the traumatic incident where we have created a little broken situation that has not been fixed because we won't even acknowledge that it's broken. So Lilo is the first person to say, this is broken, isn't it? 
And she's, she even tells the truth and, and brings truth to the light. Like, I actually like it when you were a sister. You, I'm not really feeling you as mom, right? And and she had to take they had to take a moment to have a sisterly bond to re to talk about the things of the day to go over what was going on with her sister so that they could come into a better reality for them. Now, at the moment that they're having this little heart to heart, there's like a little blast that happens outside. And what Lilo thinks it is, is she thinks it's a a falling star and she's going to make a wish and she wishes that they would, uh, that, you know, whoever she's praying to, right. She, she wishes that she would be sent a friend, not, and then she did, she changed it and said like an angel, she's waiting on this angel and up pops six to six, what we see in the next frame, he lands on earth and she's asking to be sent an angel and he gets hit, right. He gets hit by a truck, winds up in a shelter and as he awakens, he realizes that he is the only animal, right? He's the only alien of his kind. But there are other animals there who are very terrified of him. And so in order to acquiesce or become, he transforms his physical appearance so that he'll be chosen as a dog, even though he is made a destroyer. Some of us have changed our appearance to appear to be something else so that someone would choose us. We have chosen to be something else instead of what we were created to be because, and and it's not an authentic change. It's just an outward appearance change. Inside is still the destroyer, but we have changed the outside as if the outside is the only indication um, of acceptance or the only place where we can be accepted. But if you have a made up outside and a jacked up inside, what normally happens is the outside ends up ruining the, I mean, the inside ends up ruining the outside. So what happens is Lilo in her discernment, her razor sharp discernment, discerns that he's different and that he talks and that, you know, he'd be an interesting pet to have. So she chooses him because he mirrors her. He's different like her. He's not like the all the other dogs that just bark, bark. When she said hello, he said hello back. And she's like, OK, this could be an adventure. I agree. This this not the the regular pet, but this is not uh, a pet that somebody else would choose. But I think it's perfect for me. Right. So while they're saying pick anything else, she's like, Mm-mm, I'm, I, I know what I want. And I want something that mirrors me, something that is one of a kind, something that will never be duplicated. And it's this right here. And she chooses six to six and then names him Stitch. After she names him six, right, Stitch, she calls um, she goes back out. We see, you know, another frame where she's going back to try to engage again with these girls. And she calls them girlfriends, even though they have been horrible to her. Now, I try to figure out, like, why would you call these girls who have taunted you and teased you and abandoned you? Why would you call them friends? Because and I I realize that they are the only girls technically that she knows in that town. And so she would rather try to make it work with them because they're the closest ones in proximity than she would being uh, comfortable in her isolation or being alone for a season and time or even just letting it be in her and stitch. She she really seeks the interaction with others, just like we have a a, a natural reaction to want to be social. But if people are treating us wrong, we are 
we are very wrong to um, try to make them something in, in or try to make them into something that they don't want to be. They don't want to be your friend. Don't call them that. They're not trying to be your friend. They're not trying to build you up. They're not trying to make you uh, a sin. They're not trying to make you be greater. They're actually wanting you to do things in the way that they want you to do them. And it ends up messing up your life. And nine times out of 10, it, you don't have those friends for a reason. You don't have those friends because they, they don't understand you. They don't have the capacity to deal with you. And it's okay. There are people that do. You just have to recognize them when they come. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Nina T. And I'm here with a special announcement. Now, I'm only doing this because this is something big, guys. Something big is happening and you need to know about it. I'm going to bring you the news first. Well, not first, but you know what I'm saying. Listen, October 23rd through the 25th is going to be probably the biggest launch of 2020. Now, we've had a whole bunch happen, but trust me, you have not seen anything like what's happening on that date. What's happening, you ask me? The launch of Refuge City Ministries, the church that is going to change the game. I'm super excited because not only is this a virtual launch for the ministry, but it is a virtual launch for our friend, the friend of the potty. Pastor Justin Ruffin. And we are super excited because there's going to be so much greatness that happens that weekend. Now, it's going to be amazing worship, amazing information, so much that God is going to download. And the theme is reestablishing the kingdom. So we're going to make sure that we hear and lean in to what God is going to do and how his kingdom is going to come and how his will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm going to post a flyer because I want you to register. I want you to be a part of this. This is major. This only happens once. There's only one launch and you want to make sure that you're in the place to be. Now, not only are you going to hear from so many other wonderful, powerful ministers and, and teachers and so many other gifts from the JR Ministries team, but you're not only going to hear from Pastor Ruffin, but your girl Nina T is in the building too. So please make sure you come through. I want to see you there. Listen, it's only up from here. And if you miss it, you can't say you weren't warned. But this is one mission that will be accomplished. I'm super excited and I can't wait to see you there. Now let's get back to the story. Lilo is trying to train Stitch and it's hard for him to come out of his natural behavior because he is the product of an evil experiment and what is in him is still in him. Um, So he is trying to be what she's asking him to be, but he's not ascending to it because he can only be what he is, right? He's only... He's only coming to the realization of who he was and the characteristics um, are still there. He's very much destroyer, even though he was named Stitch, even though he was uh, adopted as a dog. He still has the tendency to be an alien, right? He doesn't have 
capacity all the way to be um, what we think, right? Now, we're going to go, you know, to the next part. So, he's a destroyer. And when he shows up, the destroyer is what shows up. Now, we saw in, you know, some of the, the smaller scenes, right, that they went to a party and, and that or they went to a restaurant where Nani was working and they unfortunately caused her to lose her job because of what was in him, right? Because he knew Pleakley was in disguise trying to, trying to take him out. So he went into destroyer mode. And so... He went into his natural mode, ended up losing control, kind of like Lilo, right? Went to the natural mode, loses control, and unfortunately, Nani loses her job. Once she loses her job, the social worker sees it and is like, okay, now you're going to have to find a job. And when the next time I see this little dog, uh, this little, you know, it, you need to both be a model citizen. I want to see model citizens. Now, Noni wants to put stitch out because he's a destroyer he's destroyed things and she's done with him wrecking everything he touches lilo reminds her by saying she that she can't do that by saying what about ohana and she says we have well he hasn't been here that long and she says neither have i ohana means family And family means no one is left behind or forgotten. At the moment that she's about to throw him out, she realizes that technically they have adopted Stitch as family. And no matter how wretched, no matter how flawed, no matter how how much of a destroyer he is, he is a part of their family. And... That's what happens when you come into contact with good people who who want to be your your tribe members or want to be your family. Some of them, you know, are your biological family, but it's not necessary that they have to be your biological family because Stitch was not their blood relative. He just became family when they took him in. And so we need to have our eyes open for the people that they may not be, you know, natural family. They may not have your bloodline, but they are the people who um, you are called to love, right? And called to bring in. And they may have flaws. They may not have it all together. They may even be a walking disaster, but it's okay because somebody loved you when you were a disaster. Somebody somebody took you in when you were a disaster. When you were ruined in their life, they, they turned and tried to love you. So you have to give the same grace and mercy. And even if no one, no person did it, God has done it. We were a complete entire mess, right? When God found us technically um all like i said all of us were born sinners right so we all have a predisposition to sins which is like a mess even our very best efforts are a as like dirty rags so we have really in us no good thing and god still looks at us through the image of his son jesus thank you god because we don't have anything else um, that that is in our natural self that is worth looking at by a holy God. See, see, because his standard is so high, he has lying and murder on the same plane. And so we have to know if we try to measure up to that standard in our own works. None of us are going to make it. None of us, none of us in and of ourselves can make it. But we have Jesus as the ability who makes us better, right? Who gives us the opportunity to, he gave us the opportunity to change bloodlines and for us to be adopted into the family. 
And because we are adopted, um, once we come to walk with him, even if we make mistakes, even if we go off, off the plan or even if we miss the mark, right, which is what sin is, it's just missing the mark. It's missing the target. Um, but when we miss those marks and when we fall short of the standard, as the scripture tells us that we all have done, we aren't kicked out the family. One one slip doesn't make you no longer, it doesn't make you lose your sonship. No, no, no. You are still very much a child of his. You are still very, very much the apple of his eye. You're just proved to be human. You're just proving what's in you and, and that there's still need for grace and mercy and his blood to save you. So we ought to boast in the fact that we have flaws because in the flaws, we find that we need God's strength. In the flaws, we find out that we cannot do this on our own. We need the family of God. We need to be a part of a family of God. It may be a couple believers. It may be a whole church. It may be a whole community, whatever. We need to be a part of the body of God. That's the community that we need to be a part of. And so there are a lot of people that attend church, but they have not joined to the body. They have not become a part of Christ's body where we are functioning as the body piece that we were made to be. Right. Um, and even in the flaw, the, the kinks will be worked out because once we become in the fullness or once we come into the fullness of the body, then the other parts and the other places where we have deficiencies, they supply and it helps us all to mature each other as we move and grow together. But we can't say that because someone has made a mistake that they're no longer valuable. That's still a body part. That's still a joint. That's still a muscle. That's still something that is contributing to the body. And so the Bible tells us that when we find our brother overtaken in a fault, that we should be the ones to restore such a one, which means we should not be so willing to just cast them out, but we should be willing to say, I'll go get them. I'll go redeem them. I'll go love on them. I'll go show and remind them that God's purpose is still very much active in their life and that his will is inclusive of their mistakes. I don't have to uh, push them out to make me feel better because if, if we don't have them, it's more like I'm, I'm not all that I can be because I don't have them at their right place. I think if we thought about uh, people backsliding or people falling out of the will of God, if we thought about it from the heart of I can't be who I'm supposed to be in God without them, then we would probably fight a little harder to keep them. We would probably go after them a little harder. We would probably love on them a little bit more. And we would find ourselves uh, finding the body parts being restored by body parts. The, the body heals itself. And, and, and that's the way it was intended, that the body would uh, come into alignment. And when we see something misfunctioning, that we would go and restore and make sure that the body heals itself. Lord, I went down the tangent, but it was good to me. All right. So family means no one is left behind or forgotten. Lilo recognizes that he wrecks everything that he touches. And she says something like, why don't you make something sometime? And oddly enough, we see that he had a capacity to make for the whole time. But the intentions of what he was doing was still at the core of who he was. 
Let me explain. When she asked him to make something, he made uh, a replica of San Francisco. But he only made a replica of San Francisco so he could pretend to be um, a destroyer like Godzilla or or King Kong. He wanted to be the fullness of his wreck itself. He wanted to make his his wrecked dream come true, his destroying dream come true. It was like the most epic destroying scene he had ever seen and he wanted to recreate it. He only wanted to exercise the fleshly part of him that was the core of who he was, right? He, he still hadn't gone through transformation. So even when he tried to do something else, the, the inner work still came out and was like, I'm only doing this so that I can really freely be who I want to be. I'm only I'm only engaging with this for a little while so that I can be what I want to be. And there are many of us who engage with work, um, work, not 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 necessarily transformation, not necessarily ministry, but engage in church work so that we consistently can hide behind the work and still keep the same character. But that's not how this works. That's not how the body heals itself. What ends up happening is you'll still be a defective piece of the body. You'll just be a functioning dysfunctional piece. Um, you'll be end up being uh, the one that messes up still that ruins the body. And you ruin it because you haven't cleaned up all of the junk that's on the inside. You haven't become something different. So 626 designed to destroy. He was designed to destroy, but there was nothing to destroy that was available at the moment. Right. And Jumbo realizes that the only purpose he gave him was to destroy. And that now there was nothing to destroy. Now that there was no nothing that he could knock out and wreck then he no longer had a purpose that it, that what he gave him, the assignment that he gave him and what he created him for was not big enough. I would like to submit to us that we can tend to follow after what we know to do. And notice I'm saying do and not be because those are two different spaces. But we go after what we know to do. And when we no longer have anything to do, we lose identity because our purpose was wrapped in what we do, not in who we are. Our purpose, even though they said he was a destroyer, he only uh, did it because that's what they said inside of him. Even though he had characteristics that needed to be changed. Um, he didn't show it, but there was there was becoming because of who he was around, because of the family that he was engaging with. There was something else that was at work. He just needed it to be ignited. And, and the more he stayed around them, the more he started to transform. Now, Lilo tells him the story of the ugly duckling about how this duckling started off wrong. But at the end, uh, it found a place to belong. Right. It found a place to belong. And now, um, even though Noni must find a job and he must become a, a citizen, Lilo has not, or a model citizen, Lilo has not given up, right? So she's going to show him how to be a model citizen. The problem is the only thing, the only person that she idolizes or believes was a model citizen is Elvis. And so what she does is teach him, teach Stitch how to impersonate Elvis. Notice I didn't say she doesn't teach him characteristics to help him be better. I said she teaches him how to impersonate. She teaches him how to copy behavior. 
She teaches him how to become or pretend to be something else instead of transforming into what he's supposed to be. But again, who you are at the core, the characteristics um, that have been instilled in you, um, if there have been no uh, modes to transformation, you will end up becoming. So every every place that Noni had a job where she had to take them, even though he was trying to become or impersonate uh, Elvis, he ended up still becoming the destroyer. The The best part to me was when he showed up at the beach with the outfit on and he was, you know, and they were falling all over. And as soon as those cameras went to flashing, it revealed that he wasn't an Elvis impersonator who would have been uh, willing to engage with the crowd and the paparazzi and all of that. What came out was that he was a destroyer, right? What came out was that he was who he was supposed to be he or what they created him to be or he hadn't changed from the last announcement over his life he had not agreed with anything else he was only gonna be six to six right but as like i told you as six to six spends time with uh lilo he realizes that he's changing uh jumbo realizes that he's changing a little bit now after they wrecked the last job interview, Lilo and Noni are sitting down and they both agree that it's been a bad day. And when their friend comes over to talk to them, he suggests that they go out surfing. And they actually decide to go out surfing and they have a great day just enjoying the water. I would like to submit that maybe the next time you're having a bad day, maybe the next time you're having a bad morning, bad moment, maybe maybe you, all you see is bad for from, you know, uh, let's say you start work at seven like I do. Maybe from seven to three thirty, all you see is bad, 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 bad. So. After you get off at 3.31, your decision then needs to be how can I give myself the permission to have fun? I've experienced bad, but that's this is not the end of the day. I've experienced bad. And even if, let's say the whole day is bad, it's okay. It's not a bad life. It's just a bad day. You get to choose. You get to choose to give yourself a break and to give yourself time to rebound from a mistake or rebound from a bad day. So they are having fun. They're engaging. But as they're having fun, uh, Jumba and Pleakley are in the water, too. And they come to try to attack um, Stitch. And he ends up getting drowned in the water and it's a whole thing they have to save him and rescue him because he's still family when you realize that your family is missing you will not just be okay with them being gone because that makes you uh a little bit more selfish than selfless. If we if and we need to treat each other like family. Like, you know, the 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 Bible talks about um when the disciples were having a conversation with Jesus um, and they asked, you know, how many times should I forgive my neighbor? And he said 70 times seven. Now, most of us will probably be sitting and sitting there and trying to probably uh, tabulate the 490 times that someone has did us wrong in a day. But remember, um, that is 490 times per offense. 
and that is 490 times per offense each day, which means the clock will always reset before you have a chance to write somebody off completely. That before you have a chance to say that they don't deserve forgiveness, before you have a chance to say that I have no more turns to give to you no more. Now, I'm not saying to keep toxic people around, but there's no reason that we should hold grudges and and hold on to things um when especially when we're in a new place especially when we have ascended to a new place there's no reason to be angry the the even even if someone did you wrong in the past it's okay you made it through it's okay it didn't kill you it's okay you're in a new place and you're not going to you know god's not going to allow your heart to be broken the way it was broken before right and god is now your focus and god is building you and he's making you better so what we have the problem for what we have the beef for there is no beef there is no beef when you're trying to move forward there is no beef that is bigger than your purpose there is no grudge that should hold you back from reaching the place of your purpose there is nothing that should be able to make you miss out on what's for you and you must think about what's best and it's okay um, he said, you know, you she that she had to think about what was best for Lilo. And I think sometimes we we tend to um we I was talking to someone about God's will and that sometimes when we are doing God's will, we will find ourselves um very concerned about how his will affects us. But we don't see that the mindset of God is not about with them. It's not about what's in it for me. The mindset of God is how does this fit into the puzzle of eternity? See, if we look at our lives on the scale of eternity, we will see that our lives are a small blip. Our lives are very, very, very finite. It's very fleeting, finite and fleeting. It's very small on the blip of of eternity, right? On the scale of eternity, our life is very short. And if we realize that, then we won't waste more time than we need to trying to build up so much in this life here that we forget that this is not the end. This is this is not the goal. The goal is not to completely and totally um, grab all that you can grab while your hands have to grab it. But the goal is to make an impact for God. The goal is that when I leave this earth, the earth will feel it because of how much God's love rested and reigned in everything I did. If we did that, and if we approach life with that, then there would be no way that we would be able to cast off and not think about what is best for our neighbor, what is best for our family, what is best for the other people that are enjoined or conjoined or or attached to us. And we can't necessarily always think about what's good for us. We have to consider how we are affecting other people. So when they we see a scene where they're in the room and they're talking about family, she tells uh, Stitch about the accident um, that her parents in and they went on a you know driving trip, right? Went on a driving trip and encountered rain and had a bad accident, right? And so. She tells him, Stitch, um, Lilo tells Stitch that they have a, a small part of the family. They have a small family and he can be a part of it if he wants to. 
Um, but then she also gives him the option and says, and if you want to leave, it's okay. You can do that too. She says one piece though, that makes this turn uh, a little bit dark for me. Um, she says, she says, you can either be a part or you can leave. But if you leave, I still remember you. And then she ends it by saying, I always remember the people who leave. We have a very bad habit of keeping ourselves, our mindsets caught up in the memory of trauma. We have a um, inability as, you know, sometimes as, you know, our culture, sometimes even the way we interact with people and our faith sometimes teaches us not to grieve. We, we are taught to just move on to the next and not really notice and feel the feelings of the hurt and then release the feelings of the hurt, release the feelings of trauma. Now, grieving is, is something, you know, that we have to take step by step. It is not monolithic. It does not look the same for everyone else. We have to be okay um, with people's processes of grieving, but we also cannot stay stuck in processes of grieving. Our mindsets, because most of the time we become functioning, right? And we have, you know, complete access to doing all these great things, but we, our minds are still in the hurt. Our minds are still in the the lost loved one. Our minds are still in the broken relationship. Our minds are still in the thing that broke us. And instead of um, accepting it for what it was and choosing to live life in memory of that, well, since I had another chance to breathe, I might as well go on ahead and live life to my best, you know, best knowledge or the best way I can. Instead of taking that mindset, we tend to stay stuck back there that we never realized that God is not back there. <laughs> he, he was, he was, he's, he's alpha. So, you know, he's beginning. That's great. But where he is now is at the end. He's at the finish line. He's waiting for us to become, he's waiting for us to transform. He's waiting for us to leave and forsake the trauma of the past to be, to embrace the beautiful future that he has for us. Now, he, we find ourselves in another situation where Stitch leaves and he's feeling like he's lost. He's looking for his family. He has no family, realizes he has no family, but he was created by Jamba and Jamba finds him trying to capture him, right? And Jamba tells him something very um, serious. He says, you are built to destroy. You can never belong. We have to be very careful about who we let speak over us because that never and it is is very harsh you know like that that you are all you will always be this you will never become anything else it, it's 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 a word curse and we have lived under word curses not really knowing we had the power to break them right not really knowing that people spoke them in the place of what they were thinking when they you know knew you or when they knew the old you. Now, Jumba had seen him begin to change, but the words that he spoke over him were still, remi- uh, well, they were still um, 
based on what he said when he created him, what he said, what his intention was when he he was thinking or making him in that bad place. And so he was still speaking over him, still acknowledging that the, the purpose of who he was was to destroy and that he would never find a place to belong because he would wreck it. He would mess up. And while he is trying to run away from Jamba, he runs into the house Ends up making a huge mess, like Jamba said, right? And ends up, it's a whole big, horrible thing. Um, Lilo's home by herself, and when she's home by herself, all of the authorities are called because of this huge uh, undertaking where the house gets blown up because of Jamba and uh, Stitch's, technically, argument or their, their battle, right? And so the house gets blown up, everything's messed up, everything's jacked up. And Lilo is now put in a car um, and Noni comes back to see that, you know, they're they're taking her away and they're like, you can't do this. Like, sh- you can't take her away. And she sees her fighting for her, um, but there's nothing that she can do. So so Lilo takes off and she runs in the stitch. And when she runs in the stitch, she realizes because R- Stitch re- um she realizes that he ruined everything he, and she says to him that he ruined everything. And when she says that, Stitch does something interesting. Stitch shows his true nature, his true physical appearance. And it lets her know that he is really an alien. And at the moment that she realizes he's an alien, they both are captured. And we're losing it. Like, we're like, what in the world is happening here? But nine times out of ten, you tend to get yourself scraped up when you are engaged with people and you don't really know who they are. You don't really know where they come from. And you don't really know what fights they fight. And when you, you don't really know what they are coming up against. And you don't really know which, um, what's going on in their family bloodline and what's their battles. You end up fighting things on behalf of them just based out of association. And have no idea that you walked into a whole fight that wasn't yours, captured by things that weren't supposed to overtake you, but you got their DNA on you. So now it's over and uh, not over, but now it's (laughs) coming after you. Now, now, now the thing that was meant to capture one of you or just capture the person that you're with has captured you too by association. And the funny thing is, Stitch gets himself free, but doesn't get Lilo free. He ends up getting himself free and Lilo is still stuck on the spaceship. And so now he finds himself at the bottom of, or he he finds himself back on earth. He finds himself with um, Noni and she's like, talk. I know you can talk. Then she's surprised that he talks. Why are you surprised, ma'am? You asked him to talk. But anyway, um, he talks and she tells him, you know, that Lilo is up there. She sees Lilo pull away and she wants to know where Lilo is, how to get to Lilo. And he wants to give up, but he remembers what she taught him. And what she taught him is Ohana. That family, Ohana means family and family means no one is left behind or forgotten. So in that moment, Stitch knows that he must save Lilo. They have to find a way to, to to do it. And so they they go through a whole bunch of trials and tribulations, but it's necessary because no one should be left behind. 
when you're in a family, when you're in a unit, when you're in a tribe, the, the goal is I know that certain things may, you know, come up and arise that'll overtake my brother and my sister, but I will not stand for them to stay overtaken. Yes, you can get overtaken. Yes, you can, you know, you can go into a trial. Yes, you can get uh, overtaken by temptation. Yes, you can fall. Yes, you can make a mistake. Yes, you have those abilities. There, There's grace for that. <laughs> it's not that you just, you fall and you stay on the ground. No, 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 no. Not when you my family. Not not when you belong to to me. You don't you don't just stay in the, in the situation you're in. You know what I mean? My my goal is to restore. Our goal should be the same to restore those ones that are a part of family, that are our family. And um we have to think of that. Like we once once we realize that, you know, they've gone missing. We can't allow them to stay missing. There are some of our family members, natural and spiritual, that we have allowed to drift off. We have allowed them to just live their life. And it's okay for them to live their life. It's, it's, it's actually absolutely necessary that sometimes we just let people engage, but it doesn't mean we stop loving them. It doesn't mean we stop reaching out to them. It doesn't mean we stop um, engaging with them to, to try to show them God's love because we are not known by our tongues. Come on. We are not known by our ability to pray heaven down. We're not even known by our ability to preach. And uh, all of these great things are gifts and talents, but we are known, marked. We are set apart by the way we love. And if God's love was recklessly uh, chasing and pursuing after us, willing to go what to whatever extent it needed to, to save us, how dare we give up after one fall? How dare we give up when we see one mistake? How dare we give up when we hear one decision, one choice? There's always another choice. As long as there's breath, there should be love. As long as the person has breath, they should be receiving love from every direction. Yeah, from every direction, they should be receiving love. And you may have to love and your love may look like, okay, I'm going to you know, invite you and you may not come. And But I may have to show up for you in other ways. I might have to come to places and that I'm not necessarily want to go to. I might have to stop by and, and I may have to, I'm going to call you and I'm not going to stop by unannounced, okay? But I might have to stop in to just show my face so that you know somebody's thinking about you. It's as simple as a hello. It's as simple as a text message. It's as simple as a phone call. Just something to say. I'm thinking of you. You're a part of my family. You're a part of uh, the people I love. I I, I don't want to leave you to the wolves. So I'll do whatever I must do to go after because my father has gone after me with the same intensity. Now, when you do that, right, when you when you do that, um, you end up finding yourself in certain situations, right? Sometimes you'll find yourself uh, loving on people and they may not know how to love you back. They may not. They might not know how to receive your love. And it's okay. It does not mean you stop loving. It means that you love. Period. 
That's exactly what it means. We love, period. We don't have the option to not love and have Christ on the inside of us. First off, if God is love, how exactly do you plan to have love on the inside of you and not love? How? 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 It's, 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 it should be. And granted, it's, it's a little hard because we don't recognize the fullness of God's love. So once we realize the fullness of God's love to us, it becomes a little easier to love others. When we realize that he loved us before we had a chance to make a mistake. Um, he loved us even, um, in our days where we were intentionally, that's what we got to get to. The, the fact that we realize that he loved us when we chose to walk in the opposite direction. Because for me, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, there were many a time where he was calling my name, where he was loving on me, where he was choosing me. And I was like, but I got other things I want to do. And I know you calling me to this, but I don't want it. I don't want no parts of it. It's going to cost too much. It's going to, it's, you going to ask too much of me. You going to want me to do too much. And God is like, but I love you. Like, what you mean? I'm just asking you to walk with me. I'm just asking you to be who I made you, like who I'm making you into being. Yeah, I know what is innate in your family bloodline. Yeah, I know what you struggle with. And I'm not even deterred by those things. That doesn't turn me away from loving you. And because that love is that sincere, you can't just walk with me. Just I'm not asking you to drop all of your issues. I'm just asking you to walk with me and I'll show you where to drop them off. I'll show you where to put your temptations. I'll show you where to put your frustrations. I'll show you where to put all of those things that you struggle with. It's okay. Just walk with me. Just choose to be my family. Just choose to be a part of my body and I will show you how you were intended to work. I will give you a new assignment. I'll give you a new character. I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new bloodline so that you're not competing with generational curses and and generational cycles. And and you'll only receive from that point on. You will start the generational blessing. Yeah. Once we decide to walk with him, we don't have to worry about what. Is plaguing our bloodline. We have received new blood. <laughs> we take on his blood. We agree and because we're covered in his blood. And since he's given us a new DNA and a new adoption and we're his, we then become a part of his family. And, and Stitch says something so powerful at the end of this movie that I loved. And he said, this is my family. I found it all on my own. It's little and it's broken or it's a little broken, but it's still good. Yeah, it's still good. I think if we resolved that no matter how broken the body is, no matter how broken our family may be, right? No matter how off (laughs) we can be, right? No matter how, how messed up things could be, it's still family. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's nothing like family. There's absolutely nothing like family. The one thing that my family has taught me is that while there are people outside that are willing to praise you, family is supposed to support you, but it's not their job to constantly big you up and call you great and, and focus. They, they, they're not 
built for that. They're built to make you. And 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 technically, God uses family to pull out the things that we need to know about ourselves in order for those times where we are being great to be magnified because they highlight the areas that nobody else can see that would probably compromise all of the great things that we're doing. And when we find the family, right, the family that'll say, "Mm -mm, you lie right there, get that together. When you find the family that'll say, I know you a deep wonder and you all great, but guess what? You got pride. Come back here to the altar and repent. When you have family that'll say, girl, if you don't get this done, (laughs) if you don't get this stuff done as people waiting on you if you if you don't have that kind of voice in your life you haven't found family yet and hopefully we can become family to someone else we can we can ask and pray that god would if we want friends to make ourselves friendly right that's the scripture if you want friends you have to first show yourself friendly and even if you don't have natural family you can be a part of a tribe there is a tribe for you there is a family for you that will help you and it's a family that will build you and they will show you that in a family it doesn't matter what is wrong it only matters that you're family ohana means family and family means no one is ever left behind or forgotten I'm tired, okay? Listen, it's a lot going on. My God, my Lord, I need to, I need to break. I need to, you know, go surfing or something. My gosh, because all of these, all of this digging was a lot. No, it was, it was a great episode. I was so glad, glad to share um, with you. And I'm glad that you stuck around to be a part of my family. I'm appreciative of every one of you who listens. Thank you so much for joining the Kid Like Faith family. And I will never forget um, all of you. I'm so grateful. We have some episodes left, man. We have, we got about, got about three episodes left in this season. And it's going to be amazing, guys. I hope you guys are ready because we're winding down season one. But trust me, we'll be back for season two. Don't you worry about it. Now, until then, I need you to, number one, make sure you like, share, subscribe our pages on Facebook and Instagram. It's Kid Like Faith, F-8-T-H. Make sure that if you have any suggestions, feedbacks, all of that, please send me a message at kidlikefaith, F-A-T-H, at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you on Tidbit Thursday. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to y'all on Feedback Friday. Make sure you let me know how you're enjoying these episodes. We want to hear from you. Um, it's, it's been amazing. And I have something planned, y'all, for the finale. I think I'm going to let y'all sit on there a little bit, probably, probably later on in the week. Just check my Feedback Friday post and look out for a, a little situation. We'll talk about it. But until then, um, I want you to get yourselves ready because uh, the next episode is going to be uh, at last we're going to see some light. Um, I'm, I'm going to. 
find out about some more dreams. And it's going to be full of a whole bunch of hair. (laughs) That's right. Our next episode, we're going to get tied up and tangled up with Disney's Tangled. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. And until then, make sure that you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!